Mac Power Users, Episode 13, Task Management Smackdown. Hello, this is David Sparks, and with me today is Katie Floyd. How are you doing, Katie? Hey, David. I'm ready to go to war. Excellent. So today we're going to be talking about our favorite task management applications, and uh, we both are users of two different popular applications. I'm a big OmniFocus user, and you're a big Things user. So we were thinking this is the time to explain why we like our favorite apps and why we're not using the other one. You know, I, I don't want this to sound overly negative because they're both great apps. They both have um, excellent designs, excellent implementations, and they're both good for very different people. So don't think of this so much as one of us beating up on the other app, but just kind of offering different points of view as to why these apps work better for us. Yeah, but it, I do like one better than the other. That's kind of the way, it's, the okay. way it is, I guess. Yeah, and I do too. So, and And we happen to have differing views on this, so... Yeah, but you know, before we get into the the heavy apps, because that's what OmniFocus and things are—they're the apps for people who really have a lot of task management needs. Um, we should probably talk about what is out there, right? Because by no means, I mean, these are probably two of the biggest named applications out there for this specific purpose. But there are a lot of other systems, and a lot of people have been doing—you know—a lot of people have been using stickies as their task management. And you know, who's to say that that's wrong if if that works for you? Well, you know, I talked about it when we did our email episode, but when I was in law school, my task management system that worked brilliantly was every morning I had a cup of tea and a napkin, and I wrote down the two or three things I needed to get done that day and stuck it in my pocket, and it worked perfect, you know? I don't <laughs> so, think you mentioned that. I would have remembered that. Yeah, but I mean, you know, so it just depends on what's going on in your life. But if you need a simple task management system, uh, there are some good ones built right in. Uh, iCal's got a, a passable uh, task management system, and and since Leopard, it it works with Mail and Stickies. I mean, they, so there's a lot of stuff you can get on your Mac just baked right in that can manage tasks if you have pretty simple needs. Right, and same with Notes. Notes on in Mail. I always thought this was odd. Notes will sync with Notes on your iPhone, but only over a hard sync. But iCal and Mail, to my knowledge, don't have any kind of task synchronization with the iPhone. I haven't looked into it lately, but it seems like uh, Apple kind of gives tongue-in-cheek respect to to task management. I mean, uh, for instance, the iPhone shipped without any. Right. Yeah. But, you know, in addition, we've got this, you know, Web 2.0 world exploding around us. And there are uh, a dime a dozen uh, online task management applications. Uh, one of them that's very popular is Remember the Milk. And I know they have a nice iPhone app. And that has some real benefit to it because it's, you know, platform independent. So if you're working on PCs and Linux and Macs, you can have your task management system in this web-based solution and on your iPhone. So that's another really good solution. And a solution that really neither Things nor OmniFocus has has figured out yet. There's still that gap. And for you and me who have iPhones and people with iPod Touches that are constantly around, you know, it's not so much a problem because you can management there. But I mean, wouldn't it be great if you could do all of your task management anywhere if you had a web connection? Yeah, especially since I get on a PC sometimes at work, it would be nice to have my OmniFocus data there right. instead of having to go to my laptop. 
There are also lots of other apps that people use to do some kind of data management, and we're not really going to talk about them in this show, but I think we are going to talk about them. They're definitely on our list of things to talk about in an upcoming show, and that would be apps that fall into the category of miscellaneous data management, and that's probably a poor word, but I'm discussing apps like Yojimbo, Circus Pony's Notebooks, or Evernote. Um, all of these applications that are kind of the storing pot for everything else on your Mac that doesn't have a specific category. And those can be used to some degree as task, um, task management apps. Yeah, another good one on the Mac is called Task Paper, which is a real simple uh, task management manager, but it's by the same people that do Write Room, which I think is just another really good, simple application. And that's worth taking a look at if you don't want to go crazy. But I'm crazy. You are. I, yeah. So- yeah. It's, it is nuts. I, my life somehow along the way got a lot more complicated than the napkin I used to carry. And, you know, it just deals with, you know, where you are in life. I've got, you know, a profession. So I've got all these clients I've got to deal with and manage in cases and litigation. I've got, you know, bar association commitments. I've got social networking commitments. I've got, you know, Max Sparky commitments and family commitments. I've got so many things going that my head would explode if I tried to keep them all inside. So, you know, I've been pretty aggressive about task management now for probably about 15 years in now, different forms. I know there, there are different methods out there, but I th- in our previous discussions, you've mentioned that you tend to follow the getting things done approach. Yeah, you know, I kind of backed into it. I um, There used to be a, um, a um, an app on the Mac. In fact, I think there still is. I'm not sure how actively it's developed called IGTD. In fact, I think the developer of IGTD got hired by Things, if, mem- if memory serves. But anyway, so I, I started using that because it worked good, and it had some GTD tools. And I said, well, I might as well go figure out what they are. So I bought and read David Allen's book, which I thought was very good. But frankly, a lot of the, the tools he was talking about I was already using because I've been reading about this stuff forever. And a lot of them are pretty much, you know, I, I, I don't want to say that, but, you know, a lot of these um writers about productivity have a lot of the same common themes. So uh, there were some definite refinements in GTD, but uh, there's also some stuff I've been carrying in. And I'm, I'm still reading up on the GTD system. I'm, I'm in the middle of the getting things done book at your recommendation, but it seems to be one of the big focuses is getting all of your data into a trusted system so you can get it out of your head. That's just the first step of it. Cause it does feel really good when you empty out your brain and get all that stuff in a list somewhere. And you, you really have to get it all out. You can't leave a little bit in or you're going to forget that stuff. So everybody, and it really feels good. So they're like, oh, okay, now I'm doing GTD, but there's really a lot more to it. You need oh, no. to no, there's definitely have a lot, lot, more. lot more going on, but that's, that's definitely the first step of it. And, uh, um, I started using OmniFocus when it was an alpha because, um, well, I was just looking for something like that. And so I've been with that one since the beginning. So let's talk a little bit about the two specific apps, OmniFocus and Things. And just generally, OmniFocus is made by the company that I have a lot of respect for, the Omni Group, and they do a lot of other great software. Does OmniFocus integrate in in any way with any of their other programs? Not really. Okay. I mean, it it does uh, accept lists from Omni Outliner. And just as a little bit of history, Omni Outliner... There, there was a set of scripts for Omni Outliner to kind of implement the GTD theory into it a long time ago. And um, that went, and I guess Omni Group saw how popular that was, and they kind of developed 
OmniFocus out of that popularity. So there's a little bit of a, I, I doubt there's any shared code to be honest with you, but there's a little bit of a lineage between OmniOutliner and OmniFocus. And thankfully the programs talk to each other nicely because I use OmniOutliner as well. So that's kind of nice if you want to import a list, but it's really meant to be its own independent application. And Things is made by Cultured Code, which as far as I know, their their two apps are Things for Mac and Things for iPhone. And, you know, just to step back before we get into these two applications, we have come a long way on the Mac with task management in the last few years. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, just as late as two or three years ago, there was really nothing good on the Mac to, to manage your, app, your uh, complex tasks. All right, so let's get down to it. Things and OmniFocus. So I guess we're starting with Things. David decided to let me go first. And uh, Things is broken up into a couple of different categories. Um, you have an inbox and by default, and then you have what they call these focus categories. And those focus categories are today, next, scheduled, someday, and then they have an organization method for, for projects. So the first thing you really have to do is to capture all of this information and put it into this trusted system so you can get it out of your brain and then do something with it. Now I kind of go back and forth between how I do this. They have an inbox which is what I tend to use just as a general brain dump. Whenever anything comes into my head, something that I have to do, if I don't know exactly where it goes or if I don't already have a project in progress, usually it goes in the inbox and then it gets organized and sorted out later. Um, certain things will go into certain projects that I've already caught up. Certain things are things that I know I have to do today, so I may dump it directly into that inbox. And some things I you know, may know that I can't do until a specific time, so it immediately gets dumped into scheduled. But for the most part, for me, I, I do a brain dump into the inbox. And sometimes I'll actually check things off in the inbox, but I do try to go through and organize that um, and get the inbox empty so that I can get everything into the various categories. Um, I think OmniFocus has something like this, but Things does have a quick entry dialog box, which you can use a very, as long as you can use a keyboard command. And I think uh, mine is Option Spacebar, which is right next to my keyboard trigger for, um, uh, for Launch Bar. So I can go back and forth. Um, so you can do this little keyboard trigger and it will pop up a little dialog box that you can immediately type in from any application so you don't actually have to have things open. Um, so my first step is just a quick brain dump into the inbox and then usually I'll go back later and sort and organize. Okay, so let's talk capture on OmniFocus then a little bit. And OmniFocus, I was just looking up, is $80 uh, and well worth it. I mean, you know, I get review software all the time. This is one I paid for because uh, I just use it every day. Anyway, so Capture and OmniFocus is similar. There is a, a keyboard combination that you can hit, and it pulls up a little dialog box. And in OmniFocus, when you pull that up, uh, initially it's only got a slot to write in what the task itself is, but there's a little gear there, like in a lot of Apple apps, and you can add fields to it. So on my setup, when that uh, quick entry box opens up, I've actually set it up to include fields for uh, the the um, uh, the project, uh, the context, the start date, and the end date. And I don't always use it, but I like to have them there because sometimes it's nice to, to basically sort the event as you put it in if you have time. Um, but there's a lot of other ways to get 
stuff into OmniFocus. They have a really nice clipping service built into the application. So you can have any text selected, whether you're on a website or in the body of an email. And you hit a keyboard combination and it opens that quick entry box and it copies all the selected text and puts it right into the note for that task, if that makes any sense. Sure. Um, so you can you can highlight stuff and it will automatically yeah. repopulate. For an example, um, I'm reading uh, this morning. I read the Macalope article, who I think is hilarious. He writes for the Mac uh, Mac World, and he had uh, referenced some articles in there that I hadn't read. So I just selected that text of his of his um, article and did the quick entry, and it captured those things with the hyperlinks in it. So now that's a task, and at some point I'm going to get back to that and go read those articles. Um, you can also do the same thing with an email, an entire email. So when you're in your inbox in, in Apple Mail, if you hit this keyboard combination, uh, it will capture that whole email as part of the task. And in fact, it's got a little button in the notes section that says original message and you click on that and it goes to mail and opens that message for you, which is really nice because for instance, we'll get a lot of, of reader email and I don't often have time to to go respond to all of it, especially during the, the work week, but I want to. So I always will save that email as a, as a task. And then maybe on the weekend or in the evening, I'll, I'll come back to that task. You just hit the original mail message. It pops you right back into it. Then you can reply from it and, and get the task done. I have a quick question on that. If, yeah. if you've moved the mail message, is it smart enough? You know, if I've moved it from my inbox to an archive folder or from my inbox to a follow-up folder, is it smart enough to, to update the reference? Absolutely. In fact, that's exactly what I do because I, I task them out of my inbox. You know, we talked about this in the mail episode. I will reply to an email or I, I will set it as a future event in OmniFocus. And as soon as I've created that new task, I go back to the mail application and using mail act on hit control F and it's filed away. And I never actually go find that email again. It's buried. So the way I find it is by clicking on the original message button in OmniFocus and it, and it brings it back to me. Okay. Well, that's pretty uh, neat. Things you know, does have a similar uh, option that I that I neglected to mention. They they call theirs something different. I think they call theirs clip and fill, or um, show and autofill. Is yeah, what I, they, I know they've added something like that, and I, I don't know if does it give you the original message button. Um, what it it gives you a link back to it. So okay. for example, and I can clip off of anything. I can clip off of a mail message. I can clip off of a website. And there's a little in each to do category when it pops up this autofill box, you have a, a description of the item, a tag, which we'll talk a lot about later, or as many tags as you want. And then there's a little note field. And this is where all of the information gets clipped into. And in the case of, let's say you're going to tag something on a web page, it will then put the name of the web page in a, uh, in a link form into the note field. And then whatever text you have highlighted will show up as text below the note field. So you can give a little reminder of this is why I wanted to go back and look at this. And then you've also got the options for due date and so forth and so on. Yeah, that, that's also true in OmniFocus. And, you know, one trick I use, and I don't know if a lot of people know, if you're on a Safari page, if you hit Command-L, it actually highlights the link at the top of the page. So if I'm on a Safari page and I just want to create the whole page as a task or, uh, or go back to the link, I hit Command-L, then I hit my keyboard shortcut for OmniFocus uh, clippings. And with two keyboard shortcuts, I've captured the page for a future task. And I can write a note in or whatever I want. And that's that's really nice. I mean, for instance, 
uh, as I go through my week, I, I'm a Google reader user, so I will star articles. And once again, I don't really have that much time during the week. So often I don't read the articles until three or four days later and I'll go through and read all the articles. And then the ones that I want to get back to, or they have something in it that I want to act on, I'll just, uh, you know, command L and uh, save each one as an OmniFocus task and then unstar it. So by the end of the week, I have my Google Reader empty again because it drives me crazy when you've got, you know, 300 starred articles. I mean, you're just not going to read them when you let it get that big. Um, so that's really nice. You know, and another point about um, using uh, emails or web pages to create future tasks is you've got to get yourself out of that box where you think that you can only make one task out of an email, you know. Um, uh, I just got noticed yesterday that I'm going to be speaking again at the, uh, American Bar Association's tech show. Yay. And, um, so that email, I have created about three or four different OmniFocus tasks out of it because I've got to deal with, you know, different elements of that email. So, you know, you, you just thoroughly create whatever tasks you need or action items you need out of any email or web page, and then you file it and get it out of your life. Right. Your favorite application, LaunchBar, and one of mine as well, has recently in their new 5.0 version that came out uh, also integrated yet one more way to input items into things, and they've now got a things action built in. So my keyboard stroke, it's, it's called add to things, so my keyboard uh, shortcut is A-T-A-D-T, A-T, I don't know, A-T-T, something like that. And it will pop up a little dialog box that I can quick enter something and it will show up in my inbox as well. So, you know, there's manual entry, there's uh, quick entry, there's quick entry with clipping, and there's also now uh, the option to do a quick entry from LaunchBar. Okay, so let's, I still have a few more items on t- on Capture, though, okay. for OmniFocus. Um, the, um, you can capture, you can create, you know, the whole thing about any of these systems is when you something comes to your mind that you need to deal with, is to write it down before you forget about it or stress out that you're going to forget about it. So um, the iPhone application for OmniFocus um, allows you to capture or input a new item even before it loads its database, which is a smart move. And I frequently interact um, new tasks that way. And another way that I use to capture tasks is uh, through a little application on the iPhone called Note to Self. And it's a recorder that with uh, with one button you can record a message and then one more button it sends you an email with a with a voice file of that so hmm. um so sometimes i'll be driving around and i'll think of oh you know i need to send a letter to some knucklehead lawyer so i'll just hit note to self and and uh leave the message and then when i get back to my computer my inbox is a voicemail to myself essentially how's and, the how's the transcription Oh, it's not transcribed. It's just a voice message. So then I I just listen to it and type it in. I mean, I used to use, and I forget the name of it now, there was an application that was free for a while. Then they started charging a fee where you basically talked into your phone. You called a a phone number, and then they transcribed it and sent you an email. And then you could block and copy that into um, an OmniFocus Yeah, was that Jot? Yes, Jot. And then they started charging, and I, I didn't really need it. And it's just as fast for me to listen to it and type in a quick... Uh, message as it is to open a message, block and copy, then paste. You know, it really isn't that much different because they're just very small task entries. Okay. Um, you know, another thing for capture is, uh, and one of the problems with um, GTD in general that people have is they they set up tasks that aren't really tasks. Like, you know, they'll set up a task that's like, 
clean the garage when really what it is is, you know, you know, take a box of old clothes to down to Goodwill and, you know, go get, you know, a new electrical panel for the, you know, they've got like a million things they want to do in their garage, but they just list it as one item. And uh, the way I kind of get around that with the captures, when I think of a project that I need to do, I'll just say set up project, clean the garage. And then that's actually a task for me. It's not cleaning the garage. It's actually setting up the specific steps I need to do to get the garage clean. So I deal with that at the capture level as well. So you create a to-do item to create a slew of to-do items? Well, to create a project. Right. You know, and uh, and I'm going to talk more about that later as we get into the the other elements of how we do our task management. But in terms of capture, that's kind of the gamut for me. I'm I'm always looking for ways to capture things, getting them out of my head and into OmniFocus. And fortunately, there's a lot of ways to do it with that application. Okay. Well, let's kind of keep with the back and forth format. Um, the next step that you and I both have, because we kind of mirrored our outlines, is organ- uh, sort and plan. And this is really, I think, possibly the more difficult step if once you initially get started i think once you get into it it becomes easier but figuring out what you're going to do now with all of these things that you have to do so um, as i alluded to earlier in things it comes with a a preset what they call focus groups and those are designed um, to be by time period Um, there's today next scheduled and someday and the idea is that if it's something that you are capable of doing now, it will go into the next category. If it's something that you need to do today, it will live both in the next and the today category because anything you have to do today, you're capable of doing now. So it also lives in the next category. And then things that you're, you're physically not able to do until something else has passed or until a certain date has arised go into the someday category. These are or things that you don't need to look at, you don't need to think about, you don't need to have them cluttering up your list until a specific day. So those go into the scheduled category. And then things that are kind of low importance or not really critical, something you, you want to keep in your mind that I might want to do someday but no intentions of doing them anytime soon can go into this someday box. So you have kind of this place to collect all of these great ideas that you have that you might like to implement at some point, but you really have no plan to do at any time soon. So that's one way that things helps you to organize your list. And they've, they've got a, a really great graphical interface and some really neat tools to move things between categories into, for example, you can go into your next list and uh, put little stars next to anything that you want to do today. And those things will get moved to your today list. And the idea is that your today list kind of becomes a de facto agenda for what you want to do. And then Things has this great tagging system. We've seen a lot of programs come out with tagging systems for the Mac. And what I like about Things, and I think you can do this to some degree in OmniFocus, is that the sky is really the limit with your tags. Um, They give you a few suggested tags. In my opinion, it would be helpful if they would give you a few more suggested tags. But you can have as many tags and as many categories as you want. So, for example, you may want to create tags based on time. Projects that take 15 minutes or less, projects that are five-minute projects, you know, projects that are an hour. Um, You may want to create tasks based on the event. This is a a tag 
um, based on something I need to do for Mac Power users, or this is a tag based on something I knew for this specific client at work. And then you can create, for example, tags based on context. Uh, this item is a phone call. This item is an email. Uh, this item is a face-to-face -face meeting. And really, on one hand, you can go a little crazy creating tags, and you can you know create so many tags that you spend more time creating tags than you do actually being productive. But I think the trick is once you find a set of tags that works for you, you can tag these items, and then your tags then become the way that you sort these items. So if you've got 15 free minutes and you have access to a phone and you're sitting at your desk, you can sort your list and do a search for all the items that have the tag phone. Or if you've got 30 minutes before your next meeting, you can do a search and come up with all the tasks that you can complete in 15 minutes or less and try to knock a few of those off. Um, so the sky is the limit with the tags because any item can have one or multiple or no tags. And I think the key to using things effectively is to figure out a tagging structure that works because, and I know you're going to talk about this and I don't know if it's in this category or the next one, things doesn't have a true review process like OmniFocus does. So this is where my tags come in handy. Okay. Well, the uh, in OmniFocus, sorting and planning is, is also real important. I mean, any, any task management system it would be. And, you know, there's a lot of things I can talk about here, but the probably two of the most important for me, the ones I always try to help people with when they ask me to help them with OmniFocus, is the use of start and due dates. Oh, okay. Uh, you know, the, um, and I think, I think things kind of falls down a little bit for me on this start dates. Cause I was, you know, I watched Don's, uh, McAllister's most recent screencast and, you know, I'm always looking for something better, but uh, I've never seen anything better than OmniFocus for this. But, you know, I, I don't know how many tasks I have in OmniFocus, but I would bet money that it's over a thousand. And, uh, so I have a lot of stuff in there and, it would be overwhelming for me to wake up every day and see, you know, hundreds of items to do that day. So I aggressively use start dates. And, you know, when you set up a project, be realistic with yourself about when you're actually going to have time to get around to it. You know, um, if we're, get, for instance, we'll finish this podcast this afternoon and we've talked about what our next show will be. Well, I know that, you know, I'm going to need to do some work and research for that. But I'm not going to be doing it in the next few days. And, you know, I know that Wednesday night my kids are in gymnastics and I usually bring my computer and sit there and that's a good time to, to have some fun and, you know, be a geek. So I'll put, you know, Wednesday night at 6 p.m. as my start date to work on the outline for the next show. And I do that for everything. And uh, so aggressively using the start dates in sort and plan is, is really a good way to start. So you've got all these tasks in there. Be honest with yourself about when you have time to start working on them and, you know, be prepared to, to adjust that date. You know, uh, you know, I have uh, yesterday I showed up at the office, actually two days ago I showed up at the office and a client called and, you know, salesman left and took the customer list. So we had this big emergency. So all the start dates on everything I'd planned to do that day got pushed back and that's okay. I can do that because, I, because in hand with uh, being reasonable about your start dates, I'm also very reasonable about my due dates. I don't have very many due dates in all my task management applications, uh, my tasks. You know, it's really easy when you put these in to say, okay, I'm going to work on this outline Wednesday and I want it done by Friday. But, you know, it doesn't need to be done by Friday, really. That's not a true due date. So when you put in artificial due dates, what happens is you start seeing 
all these little red flags show up in your task management application, you start to freak out, you know, because, oh my goodness, I have, you know, 20 items that are overdue and they really aren't overdue. You've created these artificial dates. So what I do instead is I only put in a due date um, on tasks that actually require a due date. Most of them don't. And when I do put a due date, it's the actual due date. So uh, when something turns red in OmniFocus, it is, you know, for me, uh, you know, an, a fire. Then I say, okay, something has gotten to be, you know, due. I need to stop everything and deal with it. And it took me a while to kind of get around to that, but it, it makes a lot more sense than the other way. Because if you put all these artificial due dates, um, you get past the, oh my goodness rate and then just ignore it. You say, well, it doesn't matter. They're probably not really due, but then there may be one or two in there that actually are a problem that you didn't get them done on time. So, uh, when you sort and plan your tasks, be reasonable with the, your ability within one day and also setting your due dates. Okay. I, I think that's a great tip because I know I'm guilty of setting these unrealistic due dates and then having to go back and revise things. But I don't think you're giving things quite enough credit because they do have this great focus group called scheduled. So, for example, I do a lot of my projects on the weekends when I'm home because, you know, I go to work when it's dark and I come back when it's dark. So I've been specifically doing this project of refinishing some furniture out on my patio. And I know there's nothing that I'm going to be able to do on that project until the weekend. So I schedule these different things and I put them in my scheduled view and I don't have the schedule start until, you know, this weekend I was spray painting chairs. So I don't have to look at that. It's not in my next list. It's not in my today list. And then I can even tell it what behavior I want. Once the scheduled date comes up, do I need to move it to my today list or do I just need to move it to my next list? As in this is something that I'm capable of doing. And then how do you move, how do you pick the date and things? Is it a drop-down calendar or? Um, well, you can. Whenever you go into a new task or an edit task, you can you can either pick from a drop-down calendar or you can pick an X number of days. Yeah. But what, um, I think OmniFocus beats that a little bit. Um, for and instance, Well, they don't have specific times. Like I couldn't set my 6 o'clock gymnastics like you could. Yeah. Um, the other thing they do that I really like in OmniFocus is when you're setting these dates, it's um, natural language and relative to today. So I could write, um, I want to work on the outline tomorrow. I, I could just type in tomorrow in that field and it would fill in tomorrow's date. But even better is uh, if I say I want to work on it um, a week from Saturday, I would just type SAT space 1W and it would automatically figure out what a week from Saturday is. Or if I could say uh, 1M, then it would set the date one month from today. Or if I'd say 1M, 3PM, then a month from today at 3PM, the start date is set. Right. So, um, you know, the real, you know, the real enemy in this whole thing is that you get hung up on productivity porn. You know, you want to spend all this time sorting it out and making it work, look so cool and everything that you don't actually do anything. And uh, for me, I like the way OmniFocus does this because I rip through my um, my today tasks every morning, and I just I tear through that in like fifteen minutes, and and as a result, I've got the day planned, and I push back the things that don't need to be done today, or I'm not going to have time to do, and it doesn't take a lot of time, and that's a big deal for me. I don't want a system that's going to require me to have all this micromanagement and just you know take a lot of time in terms of setting. If I want to change the start date. Just being able to type one W in tab, it's done. You know, I that's what I want. Something that's that fast. So, uh, 
when I tried to work with things, I wasn't able to get it to do it. For instance, the start date sometimes and things are relative to the due date. So you put a due date and say, okay, we want the start date three days before that. But I don't really want it that way. I want to be able to say start date is in two weeks and the due date is in four weeks, three days, and two hours. You know, I want to be able to do that and do it very quickly. That is a good point. Unless you actually create something or move something to the scheduled tab, by default it comes up with a due date. It it would be nice. And it says, you know, I've got this due date so I can create this due date of November 30th. And then I can, it can say, you know, actually show this on my today list on another particular date. But I think that is a good point. It would be nice if it in addition to having a due date, it would also have the option of ins- maybe instead of or in addition to a due date, also putting in a start date. Okay. So the other uh, thing I do in terms of sorting and planning is you plan your projects. Uh, OmniFocus is built around basically two paradigms. It's got the context perspective, and that's all your tasks in relation to what context you do them, like you know telephone, office, you know home, errands, etc. And then it's got the project context, which is independent of context. It's just a list of all your various projects. And uh, so how do you organize your projects? I guess everybody's got their own system. But OmniFocus allows you to create folders pretty much at will. So what I've done is I've created, and this kind of goes back to some of the David Allen stuff I've been getting in deeper, is the, you know, kind of the 20,000 perspective, 20,000 foot view perspective. I've got various areas of my life, you know, you know, fitness and, you know, relationships and family and, you know, personal and Mac, you know, and these various areas, the areas of focus in my life. And I've created a, a root level folder for each one of those. And then underneath that, I've got just, you know, bunches of folders for various items. Like under, under the Mac folder, I've got the, you know, the, the Mac power users, I've got Mac Sparky, I've got the, the Mac world and just different things I'm doing on Mac Sparky. And I have individual projects under that, under the professional, you know, uh, folder. I've got, you know, continuing education and then clients and, you know, things like that. So I've got these pretty well nested set of projects, which is nice for me if I ever want to go through and see what I've got pending. And uh, that's kind of the way I organize the projects for the project view. Now, how do you do that in uh, things? Things has a whole focus category devoted to projects. And projects is is something that you can also get somewhat detailed in. So you have a general project, and you can tag your project, and you can have a specific due date for your project. But then within the project, the container, if you consider a project a container, uh, lives all these various tasks, which you also have the ability to get down to the nitty-gritty and have separate due dates for these tasks, separate tags for the tasks, and separate notes for the task. And projects are really a way to organize various tasks. So it, it may not seem to go quite into the depth that OmniFocus does. But, you know, it works for me in, in terms of at least collecting everything together. And then you can also view when you're looking at things in your today list or when you're looking at things in your inbox or your next list, you know, you can also associate and see what project it's it's working on. So it's not like you actually have to dive into a project to work on specific tasks for that project. And just to give kind of an example of, of how I've done that, um, I'm looking, I'm just kind of going through my project list right now. I've got the, um, the Macworld um, stuff. And I've got a folder called Macworld 2010. And in it, I've got individual projects. And one of them is just called Macworld 2010. And this is the project where I keep 
um, just miscellaneous things. If I need to respond to an email or something that's, you know, just comes up and dealing with this, but then I've got other particular projects like, you know, you know, prepare keynote and other things like that. Now, the one that is just the general generic Macworld 2010 is a parallel project. In OmniFocus, you can have your projects be parallel or sequential. Because it's a parallel project, anything I put into it will become available whenever that start date appears. So if I have five items in it, and items one, three, and five have had their start date hit, then those those items will show up in my daily task list. Um, now, the keynote one is different. That one is a sequential project, and that means that you know item two does not show up until I complete item one, no matter what. So, you know, item one is, you know, uh, prepare outline in, you know, on the outliner item two, maybe, you know, download graphic assets for the, uh, the presentation. And so I'm not going to see item two, uh, until I finish item one. And I really like that sequential project method. I use it for uh, a lot of the stuff I do for work and a lot of stuff for, I do for projects around the house. Having that sequential project is another way to keep yourself from getting hit with thousands of, um, tasks every time you open your task manager. So it won't actually show you step two until you've completed step one. Yeah, but there's a nice safety valve in there, and that is if you put a due date on it and you look under the due list any day, uh, items that are buried in the sequential method uh, that have a due date, then the due date's coming up, it will show you those. So if you, you know, if you, if item three is mission critical and has to be done on a certain date, but you haven't completed item one, the fear would be you'll never see item three on the due date. Well, OmniFocus actually figured that out and shows you, hey, you have this deadline coming up on this buried task, which I thought was a nice, nice step. So, you know, that's really nice to be able to set up projects and be able to do them uh, par- in parallel or sequence. Um, I really like that. And I think that's another reason that I, I like OmniFocus. And the point I forgot to make was, in addition to the real easy way they make it to set start and end dates, uh, they do the same thing with uh, setting projects. So when you're inputting a task and you want to say it goes to the Macworld uh, keynote, if it's uh, it's very smart the way it does that. If I type M-W-K-E, like Macworld keynote, by the time I get to the K-E, it will have figured out that's the project it fits in or that'll be very close to the top of the list. So once again, um, the input and the management process is very quick. Well, Things also does have, when you create a new task, you can specify it to set up within a project. So you can add new tasks and organize tasks project as you import them. But it, it does sound like OmniFocus does have a little more fine-tuning in terms of projects when compared to things. But, um, you know, I don't know. I guess the parallel and the sequential makes a lot of sense if you have a lot of projects in that context. I really haven't run into it as part of an issue. But, you know, it all goes down to personal preference. Yeah, you know, and I, I'm not trying to dump on things. I just, I oh, really yeah, like that are. step. No. I really like that step. And there are some things that I think things has that are superior to OmniFocus. But in terms of the way I run my day, it, um, OmniFocus really gets the job done. Right. Uh, so let's see here. What else have we got on the sort and plan? Um, uh, well, uh, things has something that I don't think OmniFocus has um, called the areas of responsibility. And I would like to see this be more integrated because initially I admit I did not know how to use this until I watched Don McAllister's screencast. But, you know, let's say you've got a project or you've got a task or you've got something that you've delegated to someone else and you still want to keep track of it, 
but you don't need to necessarily see it in your view. So, you know, a lot of times I'll delegate responsibility to my assistant or I'll ask her to start a project and I'll follow up on it or, you know, to make initial contact and, and something, something that I'll delegate to something else. So things has this, this category called areas of responsibility where you can take a specific task or a specific project and you can designate it to someone. So I can designate it, you know, a project to you and, you know, move that, move specific tasks or, or move whatever into your area of responsibility. Now it still shows up in, you know, for example, if it's something that's due today, you know, if I've assigned a project to you that's due today, it will show up in my today list and it will say, you know, David, it will have your name next to it and the task so I can keep tabs on it. But it's also a way of me not to be overwhelmed by all of this stuff that I'm keeping tabs on, but that you're also doing. So it does have the safety valve as well of allowing me to catch up. The problem is, is it doesn't really allow a lot of, of integration. I mean, you can do things like mail tasks to someone or, or check on the status of the task with someone, but you really can't, um, share tasks. For example, if you were, and I don't know that OmniFocus can do this anyway, but you know, if you were trying to use things as a management system within a small office or within a home, within a network, I don't think that I could share tasks with you in my things and have them show up in your copy of things. No, that uh, OmniFocus doesn't have anything like that, to my knowledge. Uh, I think they're talking about integration with OmniFocus and OmniPlan, which that's what that would be for. Right. Um, but I don't think that's happened yet. Um, the way I handle um, assigning projects to people is I've got, um, you know, different contexts. You know, I really have very few contexts that I actually use in an OmniFocus. Um, looking at my list right now. Um, so I've got email, phone, home, office, Mac, errands, and waiting. And that's it. And then under office, I'll have um, subcontext for the individual people I work with. So I will sign, like if I've got something to my paralegal to do some research on a corporation or something, that context is, is her. And so then when we have our daily meeting, I open OmniFocus and I just hit the the context that is her under her name, and then it gives me a list of everything that is listed as a context to her, so that I know what I can check in with her on. Don't I sound like a crazy person to work with? I must be. You do. What does your staff yeah. think of things? Uh, or I'm they, sorry, of uh, OmniFocus. You know, it's funny. They don't really. They're not even really too aware of what I'm using because I don't talk about all the. You know, I don't get into the sausage. You know, making too much, but. But, you know, she, she's great. She's really smart. So she, she does, it's nice knowing that, uh, I'm reliable and that I know what I'm going to have for her to do and that I follow up with her. And so that way it's a, it's a good relationship. So we're, we're honest with each other in that respect. And I do the same thing at home. I have one for each of my kids and I have one for my wife. And, you know, so just like, you know, my daughter is, uh, trying to get into the, uh, the honor society at her school and we needed to get a copy of her report card from last year. And, so I signed the task to her and then, so I'll talk to her, Hey, did you get your report card and, you know, follow up with her on it. So it works. That's the way I deal with individual people. I assign them as subcontext. I think that's kind of the way OmniFocus in, intended for you to do it. Um, but it's, Which it's, makes, not, yeah, it's the same basic functionality, although I guess things has a, a dedicated area set aside for it. 
Yeah, another thing I do on that is I have a, a context called Mac, and underneath I have two subcontexts, one called iMac and one called MacBook. And because um, sometimes I need to do something on a particular computer, like, you know, I'm, I'm playing with ScreenFlow 2 right now and I needed to get that installed. So that's an iMac task because I don't do screencasting on my MacBook. So, so then when I'm sitting on my iMac, I say, okay, give me everything that's iMac related. And, uh, and then it, it pops those up on the screen for me. I'm thinking for the sake of your family and your coworkers, it's probably a very good thing that there's not a network managed shared OmniFocus. You know, I really wouldn't impose that on other people. Uh, <laughs> impose the craziness. <laughs> yeah, it, it works for me. And, uh, you know, but I really do struggle sometimes with getting too hung up on making the system better and faster. And, and uh, you just need to get your work done. You can't just sit around and, and goof with this stuff all day. And I think I've kind of got to a pretty good place with that but i definitely have fallen off the wagon in the past and suddenly spent you know an hour or two just you know figuring out how i want to reorganize something but that hasn't happened for a long time now i, I kind of realized that i was just using that as an excuse not to actually do work and uh, i've been trying not to do that <laughs> uh, another uh, good element in omnifocus for sorting and planning is what they call perspective mode yeah, this is something that Things doesn't have, although you can kind of cobble around with tags. So I'm interested to hear more about perspective. Well, in perspective, really what it does is it, you can either be in project view or context view. And there's all these different types of sorting criteria. You can sort it by group. Um, you know, you can sort it by project, whether it's flagged, due date, start date. It's, it's almost unlimited. And so you can create these custom views based on all these different filters. You know, I want everything that has a flag and takes less than 15 minutes and has, you know, is available that hasn't been done yet and includes a project that involves work. You know, so you can make these very complex views and, and they're pretty easy to create because it's just a bunch of drop down menus. And so once you get everything set up the, just the way you want it, then you save it as a perspective. And that perspective is a special way to view your data. And and then once you've saved this perspective, you can always go back to it without having to go through the trouble to set up all those filters again. So I've got just a bunch of filters. You know, I've got one, um, for instance, I call sort, and that's the perspective I look at every morning. And that shows me all the tasks I have that have not been completed but have a start date of today, you know, that are available to me today. And then it arranges them in a way that makes it very easy for me to go through and change the date if it's something that I'm not actually going to do today. So that's kind of my sort one. Or I have one called clients. It just shows me all my clients and, you know, the projects I have for them. Um, I have a review context and I'll talk about review in a little bit. So I've got about 10 of these different perspectives and they're really a nice feature in OmniFocus that I don't think a lot of users realize exist or, or take advantage of. Okay. I mean, I kind of do the same thing to some degree with tasks and my next list and my today list, though I can see where if you have thousands and thousands of items, it can be easy to get overwhelmed. Yeah. And also, I think that kind of is the response to your flags. I mean, it's about what you should do with your flags, I would guess, is you create a, um, you click on certain, I'm sorry, um, Tags, tags, not flags. Right. Yeah, so you create a specific set of tags to make sure you get a certain set of data in front of you when you need it. And, and that's what you do with the perspective and OmniFocus. So uh, that's kind of neat. Um, we got an email from, uh, from Gary who said that one of the things he liked about 
I guess, and I guess this would fit in the plan and sort is the, the ability to zoom. You know, he says, look, you know, I'm a little older and I like the ability to zoom up the text and he wasn't able to, to figure out how to do that in things. I don't know. Maybe it is possible. I've, I've never really tried either. Yeah, I haven't really looked at it, but that's a good point to raise to the developers. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure you could do this to some degree with universal access, but you would have to zoom the whole screen. Yeah. The um, Another thing, I guess, is now a good time to talk about my kind of planning and sorting routine or should we do that later no we can we can go ahead and do that i i mean i kind of have my own planning and sorting routine but i get the i get the idea it's going to be nothing compared to yours well that's okay well you go first okay well mine mine is really basic anything that is due automatically gets moved to today so again as you mentioned key is trying to be very realistic on your due dates and then anything that is available for me to do shows up in my next list so what I do is I my today list is already set based on certain things that are due or hopefully not overdue. And then my next list kind of gives me access to everything else that can be done. And what I do is I go through my next list and there's this this little star on the bottom that says today. So I go through and I select items that I want to get done or I plan to get done today. And I star it, and all of a sudden those items show up in my today list. And by going through and kind of making a list of knowing what my day is going to be, you know, knowing where I'm going to be and the types of things I'm going to have access to, what do I want to try to get done today? And I use that next list to populate my today list and kind of create an agenda for myself for the day, if that makes sense. And a lot of the other projects that I can't do anything with or things that are scheduled, you know, they don't even pop up on my radar. And I can also, depending on how many items I have in that next list, which sometimes can be quite extensive, that's when I filter down in with my tags and sort, okay, I know we've got a Mac Power Users episode coming up, so let me specifically focus on that list and see if there's anything from that tag group that I need to get done today or maybe I need to revisit those and actually set a due date, or maybe I don't want to do them today, but I need to do them this week, so I tell it to show up in the today list, you know, on a certain certain schedule. So when you do that sort, how many tasks do you have to sort through to figure out what goes on today? Is it is it everything, or, or how it's, many are It's everything that I'm capable of doing, because I'm basically what I'm doing is I'm looking at my next list, things that I'm capable of doing, and I'm moving that into my today list. Well, that yeah. makes that makes sense. I mean, the thing you don't want to do is have a system where every day you look at all your tasks, right, and try to pick out a you know the few that you want to do because that will take you know depending on how big your task list, it'll take a lot of time, and it's just gonna you know break your will just to see oh my goodness I have all this stuff you know so right. um, that's why I'm so aggressive with the start dates when I put the tasks in because you know I don't want a bunch of you know, reading a bunch of articles that look interesting to me on the web to show up on a Monday morning because I don't have time Monday morning to deal with that. Right. So, um, so I kind of do like you, I do, I, I kind of do the morning sort and the evening sort the way I call it. You know, I, I get up pretty early. So, uh, usually when everybody is asleep in the house and it's a quiet, um, I try to go through, uh, the morning sort and I have that sort perspective I talked about. And that just shows you the stuff that, I have already deemed as starting today or starting before today and I haven't completed it yet. So I zip through that. I mean, using the tab key and those key combinations I talked about earlier about resetting to a future date or setting for even a future time. I mean, uh, 
on maybe, you know, a Tuesday morning, I'll, uh, something will come up and it involves, you know, responding to something about the Mac Sparky. And I know that I'm not going to work on that at work, but I want to do it that day. So I'll just hit 6 p.m. for the start time. And then it goes off my list until 6 p.m. that day. So, so I, I zip through that thing. I try to do that in at least, I try to spend no more than 15 minutes doing it. But if, if it's a day where suddenly a bunch of tasks have showed up as start dates and I have to be realistic, it might take me a little longer to go through them and maybe I'll need to go through and fix a few projects or something. But usually about 15 minutes is all it takes for me to do that initial, um, uh, sort. And it gives me kind of a perspective on what I need to get done that day. So once that's done, I, um, I sync it syncs automatically and then I, you know, close the MacBook and get on with whatever I do in the morning. And I open my iPhone and I open OmniFocus and do the initial morning sync because uh the OmniFocus app on the iPhone is great, but the sync is a little slow, I think. And uh so I like the the first one in the morning takes the longest because I'm usually moving the most data the rest of the day. It's not so bad. So that's kind of my morning routine in terms of sorting and organizing. And then in the evening, um either sometimes before leaving work or sometimes when I'm at home after the kids are in bed or whatever, I just go through where I stand at the end of the day and say, okay, now what did I finish and what did I not finish and when do I need to do those things? So I do two sorts a day. And uh, so I probably have about a half hour a time a day into kind of the sort and organize. And um, I think it's time well spent because when you go to bed, you know that you've dealt with everything that day and, and you know, it works for me. It means you can't go to bed until it's done. No, it just means I can't go to bed until I've looked at it because okay. a lot of the stuff will just get moved to a new start date. Okay. So you keep, sometimes you keep pushing things back. And there are things I've been pushing back for a long time. You know? <laughs> and then you start looking and say, well, I've been pushing this back a long time. Do I really need to do this? Yeah, and at that point, for me, it goes in, into the inactive projects category or to the someday category so that, yeah, you know, when I'm, when I'm bored or I've got some time or I can look at this again. Or it goes into the delete category because it's that's my favorite category. Yeah. So that that's kind of my sort process, and I I really if I don't do it in the morning, uh, and once in a while that happens, you've got a court appearance or something going on, you get up and you're in a hurry. You always regret it because you as you get into the day, you feel like you've kind of not set yourself, and there may be something out there that you're not aware of, and plates may be crashing to the ground. Uh, because uh, you didn't do it. So that's why you need to come up with a system where you can do it pretty quickly. And you just need to force yourself to make a habit of it and just say, I'm going to do just like exercise or uh, meditation or anything you do in your life. You have to just say, I'm going to do this every day. And uh, once you get a habit of it, and if you have a system that works quick enough for you that you don't feel like you're wasting a lot of time, it really, I think it's, it's really liberating. To, to be able to have a system that works like that. Well, it gives you a sense of being in control. Yeah. Whether you really are or not, at least gives you the, the sense of being in control. Yeah. Okay, so you've got everything planned and organized to the best of your ability, and now you're using one of these applications to get through your day. So why don't you go first? Well, there, there's really nothing fancy about it. Um, you know, I go through whether it's something typically I try to check off the things in my today category first, or at least to be aware of everything that's in my today category. If I have an opportunity to easily snip off something in my next category, I will do that. Um, but I use actually probably the iPhone version more in terms of actually executing things than I do my iPhone version. And you and I have different 
work setups a little bit and maybe I'll modify mine, but I don't take my Mac with things into the office with me and I really don't, um, and maybe I should, but I, I really don't put a lot of my work tasks into things. But so pretty much unless I'm at home and it's a project that I'm doing at home on my Mac, I usually don't check off too many things using the Mac application. I use the Mac application quite a bit to brain dump, to sort, to organize, to reevaluate things. Um, but probably most of the usage comes on my iPhone app. And Things has a um, fairly inexpensive, a $10 iPhone app that will sync with the main database. And really, when I'm trying to get tasks done is when I'm out and about. And I've actually been, you know, more often than not standing in the aisle of the grocery store, checking off items in my things list and making sure that I don't go home before or I don't leave the store and check out before I've got everything that I meant to come to to get that day. So um, I use the iPhone app probably more for executing and the Mac app more for organizing and sorting. But the um, I've used both iPhone apps. There's certainly pros and cons to both. I find the Things iPhone app to be very easy, very user-friendly. Um, you know, I can very, very quickly get to my data. I'm not flipping through a lot of screens. The obvious downside of the Things iPhone app when compared to something like OmniFocus is that Things doesn't yet have a cloud sync service. So as of now, the syncing of Things is done over a Wi-Fi network, which means your Mac and your iPhone have to be on the same network and usually pretty close to the same place, which has has caused some some issues for me. You know, if I if I've inputted a lot of stuff and I've walked out the door and forgot to sync, well, there's no way that I can get that stuff now until I get back home and and uh, sync over the Wi-Fi network. Now, I've been told by the folks over at Cultured Code that they are working on a cloud-based solution but they don't really have a, an ETA of when that might be available yet. And the other problem that not having a cloud-based solution comes into is it's really difficult to use things on two different computers if you have a desktop and a laptop. And I'm sure you'll probably talk a little bit about this because I know you use multiple computers. And a lot of people have developed some hacks and some workarounds using a Dropbox account to store their things database you know, on the Dropbox so they can access it from multiple computers. But then you have this problem where you have to, you can't have the database open two places at once and it's prone to corruption if you try to do that. So you have to remember to close down the application before you leave your house if you're going to open it up on your laptop somewhere else later. So big fan of the application and the iPhone application. Hopefully the, the kinks will get worked out of that syncing system soon. Yeah, uh, OmniFocus has a nice syncing solution. Actually, they have several. I mean, you can do it with WebDAV and you can do it with files. And, um, uh, you know, they've got a lot of different ways to sync. You, know, you can do a, a Wi-Fi sync, too, if you want. I use the the WebDAV, basically mobile me sync. And uh, I've never had any problem syncing between the, the laptop and the iMac and the iPhone. However, the iPhone sync is a little slow. And I think part of that is because I have so much in the database. Um, they have some nice database maintenance tools built in OmniFocus that they've added over the over the last few years to kind of address that problem, and they do help. But you know, it is a lot of data you're pushing over the cloud, and when you've got a 3G connection, it's really not that fast. Uh, even over a Wi-Fi connection, it's not that fast because I think the iPhone is working very hard to manage and sort all this data as you dump it in there. 
I noticed when I switched to an iPhone 3GS that the OmniFocus iPhone app became much more useful to me because it was much faster and uh, that made a big difference. So I, I think that was probably one of my favorite things about the 3GS upgrade was, you know, OmniFocus really works better for me on the iPhone. Um, but in terms of the executing projects, I, you know, I, I really do use OmniFocus for everything. I use it for all my work related stuff and, uh, um, I use it for everything. So I, I carry the MacBook with me just about everywhere and it's always at work, but I also run my tasks on my iPhone as well. Even sitting in my office, I sometimes will mark off a task on my iPhone or I'll mark it off on the, on the MacBook, depending on where I'm standing at the moment. It's that easy. But, uh, with OmniFocus, it's very easy to say, now I've got everything planned and sorted. Show me everything that has a start date of, you know, today that's available to me today by context. So I can just get a list on my iPhone or on my Mac of all the phone calls I need to make or all the emails I need to write or anything like, you know, whichever context I've picked. Um, I can also easily switch from context to project view. In fact, they have a button called switch, which is really convenient. So if I'm got a task item that says, you know, call, you know, attorney Joe Smith about this matter. So I call him and then during the phone call, uh, something comes up, we settle a case maybe. So I need to suddenly add a bunch of tasks about creating a settlement agreement. Uh, after I, I click, you know, check off the phone call and then I hit the switch button. It takes me right to that project and then I can create whatever tasks I need. And, you know, if it's a settlement agreement, I'll say I'm going to write that in two days. So I hit 2D so that it doesn't start for two more days. And then I go back to the context mode and all that's off my view for today. So, uh, the way my day works is I basically, you know, spend the day checking off those lists and refining my future tasks and projects, depending on what's happened to me during the day. And it's a really nice workflow for me. You know, I, I like the way that that happens. And I feel very comfortable with that because as something changes on a particular work project or family project, I immediately go in and, and add the future tasks that are related to that in one of the many ways we already talked about. And, uh, and then I move on and, uh, it just seems to work for me. So I, I've been really happy with the workflow that has kind of developed out of using OmniFocus over the last few years. So, you know, we've talked about, uh, inputting, planning and executing, but, uh, there's a few other things in OmniFocus that are real important to me. And one of them is the review. And, uh, that's the, the review is one of the most under talked about elements of GTD. And in my opinion, probably one of the most beneficial and that's, going back and just looking at your pending projects and uh, seeing where you're at on them, because it's easy to let plates hit the ground again when you're, you know, when you don't think about some particular project. Um, so when you set up a project in OmniFocus, if you'd like, you can set a review interval for it. And it's very easy. You can make it, you know, one day, you can make it one week, you can make it one month or three years or, you know, whatever you want. Uh, but I set review um, periods up for all of my projects. So, for instance, I have some clients that I talk to maybe once a year, and I set up a review uh, once every six months just to check to see if there's anything going on there that I need to be updating. And then I have some cases that are very active, and I review them once a week. So you set all these review intervals. And then you create – actually, OmniFocus comes with built-in a review perspective. So – I try to do on Friday afternoons, but it doesn't always happen, a uh, a review. And I hit the review button in OmniFocus, and it shows me all of the projects that have triggered that review period. I mean, the six-month ones are obviously going to show up, but the one-week ones will, will. You know, if I have one that's set for review once a month, 
it'll show up one Friday a month. And it just gives you an opportunity. It shows you each one of those projects and all the tasks you have. And you can just look through it and say, okay, that's no longer relevant. Or I can maybe kill this project now. Or maybe, oh, wait a second, I need to do more on this project. And um, it's it really is tedious doing that. <laughs> you know, it's just like getting up every morning and going through your tasks. It's a It's a habit you have to build. But if you can ingrain that habit and do it, it feels so good to know that, you know, you're up on everything and you reviewed it. And, uh, you know, and then it really allows you to kind of keep up with your commitments to other people. And, and then they start to really believe in you as well. So I just couldn't recommend enough having some kind of review process. And I like the way you talked about doing it in things, you know, like creating a review tag or something. Uh, but OmniFocus just makes it so easy. And I like the way that you can set the time. I know David Allen says you're supposed to review all your projects every week, but you know, frankly, all my projects don't need reviewing every week. So using OmniFocus, I can set some to be weekly and some to be monthly or even longer. And I like that. Right. Uh, another nice thing in OmniFocus is, um, you can, uh, customize it. There's some, you know, there are, you know, there are flags. So, you know, everything I've talked to so far has been organizing around project and context if you really want to use flags, you can, and you know, you can flag specific items that really need to get done today. I have to admit, I've never done that. Um, I just don't need to, you know, I have due dates when it's, it's really important and I keep my task list small enough that I can kind of keep on track of it during the day. And it's kind of interesting because before I came over to doing this kind of quasi GTD system, I used the Franklin Covey system, which had you, sort everything every day by priority, you know, A, B, C, and then you'd write a number after it. Like this is an A1 and this is a B2 or whatever. And that was really tedious. And I thought I needed it. And now that I've been using OmniFocus as long, I don't miss it at all. So I don't use flags. I don't use one, two, three priorities. I just, just keep that system I talked about already. And another thing is, um, Apple scripting. You can actually Apple script OmniFocus. Can you Apple script in things? I don't know if you can or not. Things does have extensive support for Apple script and they actually have a, a wiki community. Is, is that what you would call a wiki, a community? They have a wiki on their, their website with an entire section devoted specifically uh, to user contributed scripts. And one of those scripts, like we talked about, um, will allow LaunchBar, the previous versions of LaunchBar, um, to integrate. You can also do growl alerts using Apple script. Um, they've got something set up here to do reminders using Apple script. And if, if people are willing to share their scripts there, you know, you can, you can post and share and, and download scripts. Uh, there's a guy, his name's Kurt Clifton. He's got a website with a bunch of OmniFocus Apple scripts that he's developed. And I hope to meet him someday because I use his, his stuff all the time. And there's two in particular that he's developed that I, I installed in my OmniFocus. And I'm going to put these in the show notes. Uh, one of them is a, a little widget that just gives you a bar chart by context. And I'm not really sure how useful it is, but it's kind of fun once in a while just to open, you know, dashboard and say, oh, look at that. You know, I've got all these phone calls and everything else is pretty much covered. So the available context that day, which is kind of fun. But the one that he has that's really useful is an auto populate widget. So you can create templates of projects. Um, for instance, when I do a review for Max Sparky, I've got, you know, a bunch of steps I go through from installing the software, testing the software, you know, up to the day of, you know, writing the review, recording the review, 
uh, emailing the developer, you know, all these things that I do on every one of them. So I create a template that has all of those in it. And then you have um, wild cards or, or variables in there. And then you run the Apple script and it says, okay, what is the name of the software? And, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So you fill in the variables and it auto populates and creates that whole project for you, which you can then just drop into the, uh, the task. So it's really useful. I mean, I use it for work stuff. I use it for uh, Max Barkey stuff, uh, which is just a, a really great uh, feature. I wish they had it built into OmniFocus, but with a uh, Kurt's Apple script, you don't need it. You can you can create it on your own. Things in OmniFocus are both really great apps and really well developed. I'm uh, I think Things is kind of cooler just the way it looks. You know, it just feels more like a Mac app to me. Things definitely, and to me, and, and I think we'll get into this a little bit later, had some more comfortable feel. I found OmniFocus a, a little intimidating, and I think when I've talked to some people, I think OmniFocus is one of those things that you really get into it, as you obviously have, and accept the mindset and and live in it, and it is extremely useful and extremely powerful. You know, things is easier, it's more friendly, what I kept coming down to is things tended to conform to the way that I wanted to get things done, whereas I felt with OmniFocus I was constantly having to conform to its way of getting things done. You know, that's a that's a very good way to put it. And I think we've now entered officially the SmackDown. The SmackDown, okay. So what else do you, uh, what else do you feel about this contrasting between things and OmniFocus? Things to me was very intuitive. It was very easy to pick up. Um, it seemed fairly obvious without having any GTD experience or really a system or a method. Okay, this is what I'm supposed to do here. I can make a task. I understand the terms today to next someday. I mean, things, I certainly don't want to make it sound like it's dumbed down, but it, it's very easy to very quickly wrap your head around and find a system that works for you. But yet it also is very powerful. And between the the amazing tag support that it has and the user community that it has for developing Apple scripts, there are certainly some areas where OmniFocus has additional features and, and, and could be called superior. But again, if those features are too complicated or if you don't particularly know them or if you just never use them because you don't know that they're there, um, they're not doing you a whole lot of good. And things I, I also think is is probably more suited as an entry-level project uh, for many people because it, it simply has a lower cost of, of entry. Um, and I don't know if, if OmniFocus has always been $80, but it's, you know, things is 50 compared to 80 And then the iPhone app for things is 10 bucks versus I think the OmniFocus one is 20 bucks. So you're not talking real significant price differences, but, you know, for some people that may be a difference. And the things iPhone app, I think is it, maybe it has the iPod effect to some degree with the things application. The iPhone app can really completely stand on its own. And I'm sure the OmniFocus app can to some extent, but it, the things app, when you look at it by itself, makes a lot of sense and you can do an entire, um, you know, you can organize your life around the things iPhone lap and then perhaps graduate into the Mac app. So I think it's a good stair step for people who are thinking, you know, maybe I just want a task management app on my iPhone, get into things and then decide, you know, this would be really cool and really powerful if I could manage it on my Mac too, and then get into the Mac version. 
Yeah, you know, I'd have to agree with you on some of those points. I, you know, I wasn't really a big GTDer when I started using the alpha of OmniFocus, but somewhere along the line, I became a GTDer, and maybe the the app pulled me in. Um, but uh, it really is good for that system. But you have to be interested in doing, you know, reviews and management. Um, the thing I like about OmniFocus is I just think that the sort and planning process is very streamlined. And to me, that's a big deal because I have so many projects and so many tasks. I need to be able to sort them quickly or I'll spend the whole day sorting and, and none of my time doing. Um, on the other hand, I think things does appear more Mac-like. Um, I think it's neat the way they've done the tags. And I think they've done some very interesting things with tags that I've never seen before. You know, the way you can select them. Um, although I have to admit, I've never really been a big tag guy. So, um, I, I think the idea of putting all these tags together could become really tedious. Whereas, you know, creating the projects and, and OmniFocus has seemed kind of second nature to me and inputting them is really so quickly and easy. Um, I don't like the way that a thing syncs and you can't sync it over two computers without, you know, hacking essentially. Uh, but I have no doubt that that is a short term problem and they're going to fix that. Um, it's, you know, it's, it, there's some really active development going on in things. Um, I don't really feel comfortable with the way it does start dates and I know there's, you know, some ways around it, but every way I've seen or tried takes three or four times as long as it does for me to do that in OmniFocus. And that for me is a, a non-starter. And, um, you know, the no iPhone remote sync is, is a problem too. I mean, like you said, if you don't remember sync it when you're on Wi-Fi, then you're not going to sync. And that being said, I understand why they don't, because it can take a really long time uh, doing it over the i uh, um, OmniFocus over the iPhone if you've got a slow connection. But uh, you know, that being said, I think um, there's some people I know and respect who love things and can't stand OmniFocus because they feel like they're boxed in. And I say, you know, just use what works. And don't forget, I used to use a napkin. So you know, if, if things does it for you, you know, have fun, go for it. And frankly, things run circles around anything we had on the Mac two years ago. And if we didn't have OmniFocus, I'd probably figure a way to make it work for me. But I'm really happy with things. I'm sorry. Excuse me. I'm really <laughs> happy with uh, I'm really happy with OmniFocus. So to each their own. And I think perhaps one of the best things is things. I mean, keep saying things. Um, is that both of these apps do have trial versions? I know things does. Does OmniFocus have a yeah. pretty a, a full functional trial? Yes, it does. But if you're going to do a, a if you're going to do a trial on OmniFocus and you're truly interested in it, you have to do a little bit of research. I mean, like most app, most apps on the Mac, you don't. I mean, you can just load it up and start using it. And I think Things is one of those like that. You can really just start. You can hit the ground running and start loading it up with tasks about you know five seconds after you start it for the first time. With OmniFocus, you know, spend an hour or so, you know, figuring it out how it works. There's some excellent screencasts and stuff. Um, there is a higher barrier of entry, but I think the payoff is well worth it. I have, say, gotten all the time back I spent learning how to use that application uh, in spades. Well, I think it's like anything. You have to, you have to find that happy medium. You you want to be able to use something. You want it to be functional for you. But, at, I mean, at the same time, you can spend a lot of time organizing things to get done than you do actually getting things done. Yes, uh, there's some really good uh, screencasts on all of this. Uh, Don McAllister, our buddy, uh, yes, screencasts I th online. I think we're going to call this uh, required. 
Yeah, I think so. I mean, he's got three screencasts on things, which I just recently watched. And um, he's also got a two-part series on OmniFocus, which I think gets you started on OmniFocus. I think Don did a really good job of getting you off the ground in OmniFocus, but um, I think there's a lot more that could have been covered. So I think I'm going to do one kind of like an advanced course in OmniFocus. I'm going to cover a lot of the stuff I talked about uh, today. And I'm, it's in process right now. I've kind of got an outline. I've started doing a bit of recording, but I want to try out the new screen flow. <laughs> so I'm going to get working on that before I start doing the heavy duty recording on it. So expect at some time in the not too distant future, a screencast from me on how I use OmniFocus. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Um, as you said, Don did two on OmniFocus, uh, three on things. And, um, also, I mean, do you have any, any general reading? I know I popped in um, David Allen's book on on getting things done is is interesting reading if you're interested in kind of coming up with more of a plan or developing more of a plan. Yeah, I think David Allen's book is very good. Also, um, the David Allen Company just released a white paper on using GTD and OmniFocus together, um, which I really meant to read before we did this recording, but because of some problems at work, I haven't yet. But I'm going to put the link for that in the um in the show notes and the, uh, the, the bit of, it I did read is, is pretty similar to the stuff I'm doing. Hopefully I'll get some new tips out of that too. So we'll put that in as well. Excellent. Um, as always, we do have some listener feedback, some on this particular topic and some on others. Yeah. We heard from Jeremy, uh, in the UK who, uh, was talking about, um, using the, uh, various different OmniFocus and things. And he's been going back and forth and, uh, he talks about the allure of the things user interface. And I, I really believe that the first time you see things, you're like, wow, I want to work in this program. And I think Jerry eventually ended up deciding on using them. Um, I'm sorry, Jeremy eventually decided to use up and ending up OmniFocus, but kind of agreed with us that they're both really good applications. Right. And he wrote up a long blog post on it. So we'll go ahead and put that in the show notes. Right. Uh, we also got an email from listener James who encouraged us to also check out Curio, which is an application that I don't have any personal familiarity with. Perhaps you do, David. But he said, may I suggest both Remember the Milk and Curio, and I think you mentioned Remember the Milk at the very beginning, um, for your next show. It's great for the fact that it's truly ubiquitous. Curio is a task, Curio is a task management app that's not really – it's but that's not really its main role. He likes it for writing projects, gathering PDF clippings, image, etc. Uh, so perhaps this is something that we can we can look at when we do our episode on on handling everything else, kind of our Evernote and, and Notebook and Yojembo and those kind of apps. You know, I reviewed Curio. There's a review on Max Barkey on it, and it's a really good, powerful app. It's I would call it more uh, parallel to Notebook uh, than uh, than an a task management application, although it does have task management built in. And um, it's it's really a great app. I, I still am not sure how I fit around all these information managers. Uh, and partly is because I use OmniFocus so effectively. You know, I don't need to capture web pages into Evernote because I capture, you know, a review of it in OmniFocus and then usually I'm done with it. It's very rare that I need to keep a page. So, uh, but yeah, that was good. Thanks, James, for the uh, comments. Um, and lastly, we got an email from Ian talking about Paperless, which is a show we, we did a while ago. And he says, regarding the Paperless discussion, I've been slowly converting my files and scan docs, and I love my Fujitsu ScanSnap. I'm also using Paperless, which I like because of its ability to tag ad fields, smart folders, etc. 
However, your concerns over data have prompted me to think, is there any way of encrypting the main folder? If my Mac Pro was stolen, paperless does include tax returns, bank statements, etc. Other than using PGP, which I'm not sure I want to do, what do I do? I really don't want to split the sensitive data out from the other scan data. You know, I was thinking, um, and this is just a theory, I don't know if it would work or not, but why can't you just make an encrypted disk image and keep that data file in there, and then you just have to mount it every time you run the application? That would be my suggestion, and I know Ian specifically said that he didn't want two different um, places to manage data, but that's actually what I've done, and, and perhaps his method is better, but I have, um, I use neat receipts, which I use for, you know, everyday receipts and information and, and anything that's not really sensitive. And then I also have a separate database inside a separate encrypted disk image, which is where I keep tax returns and, um, you know, medical information or, or anything that's a little more sensitive that I don't want to put in the main database. But, but yeah, you, you could just put the whole thing in a, in a, um, secure disk image. Yeah, and the only downside to that is you have to mount it every time you want to use the app, but if you don't use it that often, it's not that big of a deal. Right, I mean, if you go through once a week or once a month and scan everything and then go through again at tax time, I mean, I, I it's not an app that I'm in every day. Yeah. So. All right, so what's next? We're going to talk about buying and selling a Mac. Yeah, this is a topic that I'm particularly interested in because... I don't know. I've I've dealt with a lot of people. I've I've sold Macs. I've I've helped people buy used Macs, and I think there's a lot of um, a lot of information that we can share on this topic. Just because there there's so many ways that you can get scammed, and there's so many things to look for when buying a used Mac, and so many things that you can do when selling your Mac um, to really make the Mac experience even more pleasant for the person that buys your Mac and, and possibly fetch you even a higher retail price. And I would think that this would not only apply to people who are actually buying and selling Macs, but also giving away or donating or, or accepting donated Macs. Yeah. We're not going to be talking about setting up your new Mac. We already did that show. So this is really about the process of buying and selling. What's next, Katie? I think that's it. I just want to um, give a special shout out to a few folks, and you know who you are, who have made contributions through the PayPal link on our website. Uh, we really appreciate that, and it does uh, help us to pay the bandwidth bills. Um, and the other thing, obviously, is iTunes comments. I, I can't tell you what a kick I get every time I go into iTunes and see the comments that have been left. Yeah, it is. it really is uh, satisfying to see that people are enjoying it. And I really appreciate that people are help, you know, getting some help from what we're doing and that the time we're spending on this is uh, is helping people out there. It always makes me happy, and and the emails and the comments just are great. Um, and then otherwise, we can talk about how you can contact us, and probably the best way is to send an email to feedback at macpowerusers.com, and that email will go both to David and I, and usually you'll get a response from at least one, if not both of us. As soon as it appears in my OmniFocus task list, that is. Of course. And also you can get us on uh, Twitter at Mac Power Users. That's right. All right, David. Well, this has been fun. And um, I, I think the takeaway is that Things and OmniFocus are, are both great apps. Um, and really, people need to find their own method that works best for them and, and implement it and start getting things done. Excellent. Thanks again, Katie. 